Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the person of Christ. I pray that you flood our hearts this evening with wisdom, practical wisdom that will build us up in Jesus' mighty name we pray. We've been looking at practical wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And I want to just read a, a, a scripture very quickly. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. How many scriptures? I didn't hear you. How many scripture? All scripture. Because sometimes we find that, which is good, uh, the new creation is built on the Pauline revelation. That means the teachings of Apostle Paul, the New Testament. But that does not mean that all other scriptures, we cannot learn something from them. The scripture says that all scripture is given by what? By the inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for what? Reproof and what? Correction for instruction in what? Righteousness. So we find that in that verse, there are four purposes of scripture. The first one is that it is given profitable for doctrine. It means scripture is used to build doctrine. The second one is for reproof. The third is for correction. That means that we can study scriptures for correction. We can study scriptures for correction. The third one is for instruction. So we can receive correction. We can receive instruction. So when you study scriptures, you should be able to ask yourself, is this doctrine, is this reproof, is this correction or instruction? We cannot only receive instructions from scriptures. We also receive what from scriptures? Correction. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you go to First Timothy, uh, chapter, sorry, the same Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, And that from a child that has known the Holy Scripture, and for parents i'd like you to look at that scripture very very well just make sure you pay attention it says from a child you have known the holy scripture that means it is it is it is possible for a child to know the holy scriptures from a child thou have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is is in christ jesus so that means that the scriptures has the ability to make us wise. The scriptures has the ability to make us wise. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that all scripture is given to us by the inspiration of God. So the whole Bible is relevant to us. The whole Bible is important to us. We spend our time in the New Testament knowing who we are in Christ, but we also learn from the other chapters of, this, of the scripture. Now, I want to talk to you this evening on subtitles, uh, signs of pride little signs that can open the door to pride I heard a message 
that would be like 13 years ago by Bishop Oedebor on pride and he used the story of Nebuchadnezzar when he said this is the palace I built this is what I built this is what I built and then he began to eat grass for seven years and by the time he finished he was now saying oh Lord that rain among the heavens he just began to praise God and I can't forget that message because Bishop said that you can have what you call a proud look you know there's a way you look at your achievements and it looks like this is the work of my hands this is what i've achieved this is what i've done without giving the due glory to god but what was remarkable in that in that message that i cannot forget he says what you did not learn by teaching or by preaching you will learn in the school of eating grass you know how bishop preaches he said, by the time you have gone to eat grass you would learn to be humble but we have the scriptures to teach us wisdom. We don't need to eat grass before we learn humility. We've got the scriptures to do what? To teach us wisdom. Subtile signs of pride. In the book of Proverbs, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, there are seven verses that talks about pride. We're going to read all of them and then I'm just going to talk with you. This is more of a conversational message. First one, you can just follow them as they put them up. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do i hate i'm using the king james version the fear of the lord is to hate evil pride the thing about pride is that nobody admits that they have it have you ever met anyone who met you and say i need help and say what say i'm very proud nobody nobody admits that they are proud everybody is humble everybody am i right Talk to me now. Am I right? Everybody is humble. Nobody admits that they are proud. So it is the signs we used to admit. You know, sometimes people don't know they are sick. And then the doctor does what? Check for the vital signs, right? And when the doctor checks for the vital signs, the doctor now says, oh, something is wrong with you. So we're going to use these vital signs to run through our life. Because nobody will agree that they are proud. But one of the signs that you fear the Lord is to hate pride. To hate it. Not in the life of others. It's not good for others to have it. But to hate it in your own life. Because you see now, it's easy when we go to this scripture and say, the fear of the Lord is to hate pride. He does it exactly. I hate, I hate the way my brother is proud. You see the searchlight again. Not looking at yourself. Because nobody will admit that they are proud. You know, everybody else can be proud, but we're not the ones that are proud. Right? I used to say this. may not be a perfect example, but the example that readily comes to my mind. That pride is like when somebody has body odor, right? The person does not know. And people are too afraid to tell the person. So we all just live with the situation. Everybody else knows, but who is going to tell the person? That's where the challenge is. That's why you should have friends around your life who will not withhold truth from you. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2. When pride cometh, please understand this, when pride cometh, that means that it's possible not to have pride today, but it can come tomorrow. So pride comes. When pride cometh. If I say when pride cometh, it means the pride was, pride was not pride was not there before right so he's coming and if he's coming he can be coming from afar 
right? So when I say, when pride cometh from Finima, you know it's going to take some time to come here, but it will get here. So when pride cometh, what happened? Then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. So pride does not come alone. It comes with shame. The association of pride is shame, but it comes. That's what I want you to pick from this verse, that pride comes. So a man can be humble today, and he gets into a position of authority tomorrow, and pride comes along with it. Proverbs 13.10 Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 13.10 Proverbs 14.3 In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. But the lips of the wise shall preserve them. So we can have foolishness in, 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 in your speech that comes out as pride. Proverbs 16.18 Pride goeth before destruction. So two things now. Pride cometh, shame comes. Pride goeth, it goes before destruction. So if pride is coming, it's coming with shame. If it's going before you, it's going to lead you to destruction. So if pride is coming, it comes along with shame. If it's the one leading you, where is it going to lead you to? Talk to me from that scripture. Where is pride going to lead you to? To what? To destruction. All right. And an haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 21 verse 24. Pride and haughty corner is his name. Who dealeth in proud wrath. Proverbs 29 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. I want you to take this as your memory verse. Proverbs 29 23. Meditate on this. A man's pride shall bring him low shall bring him low a man's pride shall bring him low that means the intention of pride is the reduction of that man but what but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit so you see that all the passages we've been reading were contrasting two people what are the two people we're talking about the proud and the humble so a man does not necessarily pray for lifting he stays humble and automatically he will be lifted. Are you following this? I said, are you following this? So, what I, I'll give you like 18 signs, little signs of pride that you can check. Some of them just something that can open the door to pride in your life, so you got to check them. Number one, assuming that you already know something when someone is teaching. I found a good a good article by a man called Alan, and, and it's part of what I'm teaching from. Very good stuff. Assuming that you already know what someone is teaching. So I just say, tonight we're going to talk about pride. You're like, ah, I studied that subject 10 years ago. You just tune off. When you immediately tune someone out who starts teaching something that you may somewhat be familiar with, that's an example of pride. You just tune off. There are some people who would never listen to a preacher because he's small, he's young, or they want to listen to the, to the big guys. But what you, you don't realize is that everybody out there started somewhere. 
when you already assume that you know something that someone is teaching you're not humble to learn you sing so they want to talk about music oh you already know do this you already know you already know everything you cannot be taught assuming you already know something when someone is teaching so you do not open your heart to learn number two you know I, i'll say this here now this is extra bonus it's not part of it but you know humility is learning from people that you're familiar with it's very difficult to learn from someone you're familiar with it's very difficult you need to be humble are you following what i'm saying you need you see you need to be humble to learn from your wife you need to be humble to learn from your husband and you need to be humble to learn from your pastor. You know, when you start a church and people come around you, the first few years are exciting. But as you get familiar with people, as they see your weaknesses, what happens? It just becomes, oh, one of those preachers, oh, one of those pastors. And that's why the words of Jesus would never lie. You will, as a pastor, I don't care how anointed you are, you will always see more miracles when you preach somewhere else outside of your local church. You will always see that. It's a matter of, I mean, it's just a fact. And what causes that is just the spirit of honor. It takes humility to learn from your colleague in the office. It takes humility to learn from your classmates. It takes humility to learn from the people you see daily. Sometimes you're even surprised they will bring someone who, who they bring someone from outside to do something and at the end of everything they've done, there's someone in the company who can still handle the same thing. Or you give your wife an advice, you give your husband an advice, they won't take it. And they go out, they come back two months later and say, ah, that thing you said, somebody said it. so pride can make us not to be able to accept things from people who are close to us number two seeing yourself as too good to perform certain tasks you're just too good too educated to do certain tasks and we found out in the life of jesus i've explained this many times that feet washing was not a key to miracles when in 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 the jewish custom because the road was very dusty. If you stay in a place like Benin, Agbor, and all of those places where they have red sand, by the time you've gone left and right, the, the, the breadth of the town, your, your legs were covered with sand. When you got into the house, the lowest servant will take um, a rag and wash your feet. So they all got to eat, and nobody was willing to do that. Peter was too big. Judas was too big counting money. Matthew, ah, I was a former tax collector before I became a disciple. Who am I to wash feet? Peter said, I'm the one that caught the revelation that this man is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Judah said, I'm the one that is going to sell him. <laughs> you know, everybody was just too busy. And what did Jesus do? Now, now that scripture is very interesting. Go study this. The scripture says, Jesus knowing that he came from God and he was going back to God, took toil and washed the disciples' feet. What preceded that revelation? The knowledge of who he was. That he was coming from God. The Bible says Christ taught it not robbery to be equal with God. You know, some of the things Jesus did will never imagine in our life that he will do them, like sitting with the Samaritan woman and discussing the gospel with, with her. 
seeing yourself as too good to perform certain tasks so when they tell you oh can you just help me carry that chair you are not focused on the purpose why they said help me carry that chair why did he call me when there are young people in church why me ah is it because i don't have money and you go back home and you analyze analyze until your blood pressure start rising from just a simple fact of carrying the chair just too good to do simple tasks sometimes even as husbands to help our wives at home we just sit up like oh i'm the man of the house and if you're not careful the position of authority that god is giving to you even in your house can become a source of pride that you're not useful to your family you just feel you're too good to perform certain tasks number three being too proud to ask for help you just have this spirit of independence there are times in life when we must all admit that something is beyond our capacity and we need help the unwillingness to recognize our own shortcomings and ask for help is a sign of pride you know you have a problem with anger there's nothing like going hey this is what i'm battling with i'm dealing with this i need help every we must come there must be a time in our life where we will need help in certain areas of our life don't raise your hand but how many of you know people who really you think they should ask for help but they think no they don't need help don't raise your hand now <laughs> yeah too proud to ask for help i can sort it i can handle it don't worry i have it under control you know that's what our government keep telling us that things are under control and people are still dying some of us are like that we're just too proud to ask for help understand that you are going to have limitations in certain areas and don't be ashamed to ask for help are you following what i'm saying i can hear you i said are you following what i'm saying all right number four feeling the need to consistently teach people things have you ever been in a group when someone always feels the need to talk to dominate the conversation they have to spill everything they know without giving people opportunity to share sometimes it can become a sense of pride just that i'm better than everyone else and i'll just add here also pride is when you get hot when your opinions are not taken you're in a group you make suggestions as okay don't worry we'll get back to it ah i will not talk again i will not talk again <laughs> why? why you can give suggestions and people don't take it 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 has nothing to do with your personality it has nothing to do with you as a person if it's a suggestion you must give us the option of either agreeing to it or not it's not a commandment if it is a commandment then we don't have option am i right hello am i right if it's a commandment then we don't have an option right but if it's a suggestion do we have an option or not we do have an option you always wanted to teach always wanted to dominate i used to be like this before they don't know if i'm still like that but i'm not sure anymore i always wanted to talk well maybe because of the preacher in me i had to learn to control myself i had to learn to control myself you always want to talk you always want to show up stuff number five talking a lot about yourself talking about yourself a lot always talking of your accomplishments your education your title your position your financial status scripture says in james 1 19 be quick to listen be slow to speak everybody say slow to speak 
Let's say it one more time. Say slow to speak. Let's say it one more time. Say slow to speak. So we are quick to listen and what? Slow to speak. I didn't say slow to speak, so you say it slowly. You can say it fast, but just say slow to speak. Don't say slow to speak. That's what I meant. We are quick to listen and what? Slow to speak. But what's the reverse? There are people who are quick to talk and slow to listen. All right? Talk a lot about yourself. Put up Philippians 2 3 for me. I'll read a passage of scripture there and then we'll move on. Philippians 2 3, quickly, guys. Philippians 2, verse 3. Philippians 2 3. What's that? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let me have the message translation. Must learn to put others ahead of you as a sign of humility. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't push your way to the front. You know, when we read the scripture, you see basic wisdom that Jesus Christ gave. You know, Jesus Christ told, told, told them when he was teaching to them that when you go to a party, don't sit in the front. So that when the main uh, party starts, they will not say, excuse me. Excuse me, say, come, say that chair is for her. Go to the back. <laughs> Those simple instructions is the way to get ahead in life. You just went to a party. You just went to sit in front. And you realize that you were not invited. Then when the main occasion starts, they now put you somewhere. You are not offended. Are you not a human being? Yes, you are, but you, were, you are not an invited human being. That's what it means. Don't push yourself to the front. Help others get ahead. When you get into a group, try to see the best in other people. The funny thing is that the more you do this, the more you, you know, now, now this is it. As I'm teaching this, don't just say, ah, that is me. I see the best in other people. No, that's the, that's the issue. You can't set an exam and mark yourself. These are deep things you should reflect on. Do I put others ahead? Do I help people get along in life? Or oh, I'm always coming, it must be done my way. When it's my time to sing, then everything is going to be perfect. And when it's somebody else's time to sing, I don't care. When it's my time to preach, woo, we have to be in church and do the things right. When it's someone else's time to preach, I can bother not to take notes. When it's my time to lead the prayers, then the whole place is going to be on fire. We'll need a fire extinguisher. And when it's somebody else's time to lead prayers, then we'll just murmuring. Learning to put the interest of others. Christianity is a sacrificial religion. We must understand that. Talking about yourself a lot, you must learn not to give yourself out. Alright? I was studying something yesterday and I just thought about this. The way Jesus lived. We must understand scriptures and live practically. You know, his disciples came to him and said, have you read that? His disciples came to him and said, they don't perform miracles here. That those who perform miracles, they go and perform in Jerusalem. You go and perform in Jerusalem. That was family advice. What did Jesus do? Jesus did not go. But after two days, he delayed himself and then he went. And you know, if it's some, some of us say, oh, you are doubting me. Okay, I'll go and perform. I'll heal three blind people and come back. 
so that you in this family you respect me how many people have done things in life just to prove a point and sometimes it is pride working in our heart trying to prove a point we just want to do something so people will not look down on us we just want to buy something so people will not look down on us <laughs> i mean well it's good I've, I've said it's good to dress well but sometimes it's very funny when I remember someone came in. I was about going to the gym, so I was on my tracksuit. So someone came in and said, oh, I wanted to see the pastor. I came to the So I said, uh, yes, can, can I help you? He says, no, the real pastor of the church. I said, no, he traveled. He will come back in, in March. He said, ah, why did he travel for that long? You are looking for the real pastor. You find the real one in March. <laughs> you know, because there's this thing with human appearance right that when you just get into the place you just know this is the man of god anointed by god to deliver the whole world but do you know that they had to kiss jesus to be able to differentiate him from the rest disciples you know in our day and time they will not need to kiss a pastor to differentiate him from his disciples they will just know that that's the man killing because he's way above everybody in fact his chair will give him up and then the way the bodyguards are moving you know once you see people moving in one direction you know that's the one to kill saints we must we must come back to terms that the christian faith is a simple faith the more you are matured in god the simpler you should become if you're getting more matured in god and you're getting more puffy you're not getting matured in god you're getting matured in a self-deceptive decept, you know illusion of who god is the more of god you see the more humble you become that's why you cannot teach humility it has to come from an encounter with the person of christ that's why everyone who saw him in the old testament they had to fall face down because it's like whoa this was so much glory number what seven number six thinking you are better than others who are different or less fortunate so sometimes the lord has blessed you different circumstances growing up in certain places and the lord has blessed you and you just think that oh yeah i'm better than everyone else sometimes we must agree that the circumstances of life played differently to some of us and that itself we should be grateful to god for his mercies over our life are you following what i'm saying thinking that you're better than others because of the different circumstances or because they are less fortunate can be a symptom of pride secretly thinking that you're better than other people who might have different backgrounds cultural experiences that you do number seven when you disregard the advice of others when you disregard the advice of others you're always disregarding people's advice you do not see value in what someone else has to offer it, it, it comes to the conclusion that you can be successful and you can accomplish your goals without people's intervention. You always disregard advice. You don't listen to anybody. You hear people say, it's my life. But the truth of the matter, I mean, it's your life, but the truth of the matter is that the way you live it has consequences in others, for others, right? Am I right? Hey, am I right? Okay, I'm the pastor of this church. It's my life. And then you now hear that um, uh, on Friday night, I went out to a party. And they had to carry me home. And I can come on Sunday and say it's my life. 
you boy when you go out there to work tomorrow you know how they are going to say they're going to describe you they're not going to describe you that it's your pastor's life they say ah is it not your pastor that's the incident they will use when you get married to someone the way you live can have implications on your family when you're someone's child the way you live can have implications on so let's not just see our life from the the the, the point that i can just do what i want you can't really do what you want you have to do what is right if what you want is not right then don't do it you always disregard the advice of others number eight you are consistently critical you always tend to put others down there's a deep-seated need in you to feel that you're better than others you're always critical nobody can ever do anything right in your presence you always have a better view you always have a better way to do it you always have a better way to do it and you use the word saying i'm a perfectionist sometimes not necessarily i mean of course there can be instances where people don't do things right and you want to put them right but if you are consistently note the word consistently critical then you need to check it you're consistently critical you need to check it number nine you have a consistent need for attention and affirmation you just want to be the center of attention in public you secretly crave consistent affirmation you always want people to to always anything you've done you always want commendation if they don't commend you ah you now comment ah that thing did you see it <laughs> you always want affirmation you always want people to praise you either for your intelligence for service for your whatever you just want that center of attention you want the whole world to revolve around you number 10 you are unable to receive constructive criticism you, you struggle with allowing people to speak into your life people cannot give you helpful feedback it can be a sign of pride you're too blinded by your own pride to see the value in what someone else is sharing with you you cannot receive consistent constructive feedback you don't want anybody to tell you what is not right or what can improve your life you just have an opinion of yourself and sometimes we 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 swallow this by saying that's how i am if you if you're not living right then you should make adjustment you can't be saying that's how you are you cannot receive constructive feedback you must open yourself up to people who can give you this feedback praise god you can open yourself up to people who can give you this feedback number 11 you are overly obsessed with your physical appearance now note the word obsessed it's good to look good it's good to look nice taught you on sunday the the, the, the virtuous woman you know is clothed in royal linen but your own is an obsession just too concerned too concerned about your physical appearance just too concerned you take yours to the extreme take yours to the extreme and that's what i've also led to all kinds of plastic surgery all over the place i mean we watched one funny documentary it was just just out of this world 
A man who needed to do a plastic surgery, they have removed the chin, they have arranged his chin, they have arranged this, they have arranged that, they have arranged many things. One of the realizations I told myself very early in life, there will be people who are more handsome than you. That Even you that is a man, when you see them, you will stand for their handsomeness. And say, God has done well. Get used to it. Your physical appearance is built for your purpose. Get used to it. The next one, number 12, you're unwilling to submit to authority. When a person is unwilling to submit to authority at work, at church, at home, or in any other relationship, it's because deep within that person, they believe they could make better decisions than the person God had placed over them. So they submit outwardly, but inwardly they struggle to um, accept that position of submission. It takes humility to be submitted to people in relationship. It takes humility. Especially when you are either older than the person, wealthier than the person, richer than the person, more intelligent. It takes a, a bit of humility to be able to submit. One of the signs of humility is the ability to submit to the authorities that God has placed all around our lives. And that's the reason we don't have well let me not say that but that's the reason we we're finding that it's difficult to mentor people right now because when people come to you and say i want you to be my mentor what they are trying to tell you is just tell me the things i need to hear and the day you tell them something they're not willing to hear what's going to happen what's going to happen they're going to walk away i have <laughs> i remember i was doing something and I, I called my mentor i said i want to do this and he says don't do it so i said okay sir but when I dropped the phone, I was like, ah, why can this man say I should not do this thing? Why? You know, I was asking myself a lot of questions. But I've, I, let me put it this way. I will never put my life to be mentored by someone I do not trust, 100%. I will not do that. If I don't trust the person's decisions, I don't trust this person. So when, for instance, any of my mentors tell me, don't do this, my first instinct is to stop it. Then we can engage later. I remember a young, young person I was mentoring some time ago came to me, said he wanted to do something. I said, I don't think you should do that. I said, sir, but the Lord spoke to me. I said, then who am I? When the Lord has spoken, I said, don't worry. Four years down the line, one of the most disastrous decisions he has made in his life. He wasn't hearing the Lord. He was just hearing his mind. Unwillingness to submit to authority. You might be at your workplace and the person who they put above you, you know the job more than them. You have to be humble. Submit under them. Number 13, ignoring people's attempt to communicate with you. Alright? People want to get to reach you. You're consistently just ignoring their attempt to reach you. You, you feel they are not in your class. I think th those are words we should not be using as believers. This person is not in my class. I wonder who... Who gave us those classifications? All right? Ignoring people's attempt to communicate with you. If you can't reach them, let's just let them know. Oh, sorry, I can't talk right now. Let's schedule an appointment. But you can't just put yourself out there, then nobody can reach you. Number what? Are you still writing? Oh, you're tired already. Are you still writing? 14. 
justifying our wrongs our sins our weaknesses instead of admitting it for instance someone does something wrong and you graciously point to them and they they are always in the defensive you know what happens after a while people won't tell you when you're wrong when you do something wrong or something goes wrong or there's something there's a weakness in an aspect of your life and people are trying to help you with it and you always have a reason to to uh i mean in defense what will happen is after a while people will watch you self-destruct you just destroy yourself you're always justifying somebody say i'm sorry but sir 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 see my point is either you are sorry or i'm seeing your point you can't have both are you following what i'm saying it's either you're sorry you you're being sorry in terms of repenting and acknowledging and making adjustments or you're trying to defend yourself number 15 this is a funny one but it's very you might not find it a lot in the christian faith but it just happens around name dropping consistently associating yourself with prominent people publicly dropping that in conversation in hopes that people will think that you are equally important because of the people you know you know so you're close to the pastor it becomes an oppressive mechanism you're close to the md you're close to this one you know this one you know that one you know the you, <laughs> you know knowing people is not the same as being successful yourself that's the truth you know but because we live in a culture that is um once your uncle is the president you know if, if your uncle nobody wants to to do that now but if your uncle was the president of the country then you know automatically you are like a mini president in your own uh, zone so they, they even forget your name they just say that guy is the president's brother that's the, your name is not even just that fact that you know the president so when we live in that kind of culture what happens once we know someone we use that as an oppressive mechanism so we're constantly trying to let people know who we know just to make sure that we feel more important than everyone else number 16 ingratitude a proud heart will never see good they always want more ingratitude i've told you this before i can't forget the lesson my dad taught me early in ministry he says whatever anybody gives to you the fact that they would think of giving it to you you should be glad you got it <laughs> so i remember i've said it sorry before i remember our first part, uh, pastor's appreciation day that they do every year in a church in worry then my dad's main pastor of the church then and uh, so they most of the gifts go to him so this guy bought stockings just stockings and put in the box so they gave it to me so we go home. My dad said, oh, I saw that they bought a gift for you. I said, ah, it's just suckings. My dad said, what did you say? Just suckings. So you're going to go back now and go to that person's house and thank them as if they bought a car for you. And with my dad, those instructions are not suggestions. So I wore my shirt after Sunday service. Smile as you are going. <laughs> go there and thank them from your heart. You know, so I mean, just went back to the guy. Thank you so much for the stockings you bought. Ah, don't mention, don't mention. I say I must mention. Do you know why I'm coming here? You think I want to mention because I want to mention? I'm under compulsion to mention, so I will mention. 
But you know what that taught me? I mean, today people give me all kinds of things. But probably, if I hadn't learned that lesson properly, I might have just changed myself. Because you know what? Because I'm your pastor, I would always feel that I deserve more. But I don't feel that way. I'm grateful for everything I get. I'm grateful for every seed I get. I'm grateful for everything anybody blesses me with. Once you have a sense of entitlement, it can actually be stemmed out of pride. And you're never grateful, no matter what people do to you. Because you always feel that they should have done more. Number 17. When you find it difficult to say, I am sorry. You would rather text it than say it. I've realized that, that I mean, people would, people would rather, oh, just wait for everything to go, right? And then go back home and just send a text. I'm sorry. And I realized that the reason they are sending the text is because they are too proud to even stand in your front to say I was wrong. Do you understand? Because the text is less um, interactive. You can even type it with anger in your head. I am sorry, fool sent because you just feel like because ah. people will not admit it's difficult to say i'm sorry difficult to apologize especially when you're wrong and funny enough the interesting thing is these are the things we teach our children but as adults we find them difficult to obey when you find it difficult to say i did not say to text to do what say everybody say say to say it not write it not text it you've offended your wife you're not going to write i'm sorry on that pillow or on that footmat don't, don't 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 do hide and seek just say i am sorry because it's easy we can hide behind our phones and apologize that's not what i'm saying that's not what i'm saying what is difficult in meeting the person that you have offended or you've done something wrong or you've not done what is there in opening your mouth to say not to text to say i was wrong or i'm sorry and these are very very critical things we need to think about number 18 last one and this is very funny when you find it difficult to pray about everything in your life it can be a sign of pride like i've got this i can handle it you know, it's humility to pray about everything. Praise the name of the Lord. I said it's humility to do what? To pray about everything. I mean, I, I try to do that all the time. Even when I'm looking for things in my house, sometimes I'm just looking for something. I'll just look, look, look. I'll just say, Holy Spirit, just help me to find this. And funny enough, have you ever prayed that prayer for God to help you find something and you found it just, you knew that it was God that helped you to find it? I don't like to hide things, right? Because when I hide things that I want to hide them for myself, that means I have hidden them from myself. Because then I can't remember where I kept them. But you know, we can pray about everything. We can literally, I mean, literally pray about everything. You can talk to God about every situation in your life. It is pride... When, you know the hymn that says what needless pain would bear if we do not carry everything to God in prayer? He says we should cast our cares upon him. You can pray about everything. I'm telling you that. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Just pray about everything. 
Trust God to have to give you favor as you go. Trust God. Whatever. Just pray about it. Just whisper a prayer to the Lord. One of the signs, the biblical scriptures I like about this was when they asked Nehemiah, what would you require to build the temple? The scripture says he made a quick prayer to God. The king asked him, what would you need? He didn't just say, sir, ah, sir, this is my list. We need rod. <laughs> we need, no. He just prayed to God. He relied on God. Prayer is reliance on God. Prayerlessness is reliance on yourself, which is pride. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.